With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, guys. How are we doing today? If you haven't already subscribed to my show, please do that. Go to Apple Podcasts. Just pick up your phone. You're probably on your phone anyway and go to Apple Podcasts, click the subscribe button. I would tell you to subscribe over on YouTube, but YouTube are freaks and they've banned, they've suspended my channel for a week for seven days. I'm not allowed to upload videos because I violated their medical disinformation policy by talking about children being trans and talking about the COVID vaccine. Gasp of horror here. So go over to Rumble if you would, instead of YouTube, rumble.com slash Liz Wheeler. All of my content is available over there for free. We don't have to bleep anything out. We don't have to self-censor over on Rumble. So if you could subscribe at rumble.com slash Liz Wheeler, I greatly appreciate it. And for those of you, I know that there are many, many, many of you who do watch this daily on YouTube. We will be back just as soon as YouTube has uh, taken me out of the penalty box, which is in just a couple days now. So hang tight on that. Okay, what are we going to talk about today on the show? Well, I want to talk about what's happening in the United Kingdom right now over in Britain. I I told my team when we were preparing this show an hour or two ago, uh, man, I'm super glad we didn't do a deep dive of research into Liz Truss, who was the prime minister for like a month Imagine if we had spent hours and hours and hours, days researching every aspect of her policy positions and her background only to have her resign. I personally would have been devastated by by that wasted research. But fortunately, we didn't get to do that. We didn't do the deep dive on her. The lettuce or the cabbage, you know, that head of lettuce that that was live streamed as um, live streamed next to Liz Trust. And the question was, who's going to last longer, Liz Trust or the lettuce? Well, the lettuce outlasted her. So I want to talk about the new British prime minister. Um, He's a total freak, like such a weirdo and a dangerous person, which combined with being a weirdo is what makes him a freak. So the left only wants you to think, oh my gosh, this new British prime minister, he is the first person of color to serve as prime minister of Britain. He is the first Hindu to serve as prime minister of Britain. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Well, yes, he is the first person of color. He is the first Hindu, but who cares? That literally means nothing compared to what he will do policy-wise to the UK. Um, So I want to talk about what he means for Britain and what it means for the world. So let's get to that. Okay, so let me ask you a question. How did you sleep last night? If you answered this question, well, not so great, or eh, just okay, or please don't ask. Well, my friend, you are not alone. One out of every three Americans report being sleep deprived and your sheets on your bed could be part of the problem. That's why I like cozy earth sheets on my bed. The wrong sheets can trap body heat, leaving you boiling one minute and freezing the next, but there is a solution. Cozy earth sheets are the softest most luxurious and best temperature regulating sheets on the planet. It's like sleeping on a cloud, which makes sense because they are made from bamboo, which allows cozy earth sheets to breathe. So you sleep at the perfect temperature all year round. 
Cozy Earth even offers a 100-night sleep trial, which means you have up to 100 nights to sleep on it, wash it, try it out. If you're not completely in love, just send it back for a full refund. I think you're going to like it. I like it. I have Cozy Earth sheets on my bed at my house right now. And I got a good deal for you. You can save 35% on Cozy Earth bamboo bedding. 35%. It's a good deal. You just have to use my URL. Go to CozyEarth.com slash Liz35. You have to hurry. This offer ends soon. That's CozyEarth.com slash L-I-Z-3-5. CozyEarth.com slash Liz35 to get 35% off. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay. Before we get into um, Britain's new prime minister, after yesterday's show, where we talked about the John Fetterman, Dr. Oz debate, I actually had an additional thought after we were done filming. So I want to add, I want to add a little addendum to yesterday's show. After the debate, Fetterman's comms director, the campaign comms director, blamed Fetterman's performance. His, I mean, it was a debacle, right? Blamed his performance on the closed captioning. This was the first debate, I think, in American history for a United States Senate race that used closed captioning because the candidate for office, Fetterman, can't has auditory processing issues and speech issues, obviously. And so they allowed closed captioning in the debate, which in my opinion should have been disqualifying in the first place. If you have that serious of an auditory processing issue, I'm sorry, it doesn't impact the dignity of your life. Of course, it does impact your ability to be a United States Senator. That was pretty obvious last night to everyone who watched it or obvious two days ago, um, to everybody who watched this, this is a severely neurologically compromised individual, and he shouldn't be in the United States Senate. But the comms director blamed his terrible performance on closed captioning malfunctioning. But here's the funny part. Well, two funny parts. First of all, we could actually see, we as the viewers could see the closed captioning that Fetterman could see. And there didn't appear to be some giant malfunction that would have rendered Fetterman unable to understand the question. In fact, I believe that the debate moderators and the network that was airing the debate deliberately showed the viewers the closed captioning that Fetterman was seeing in order to avoid preemptively address these, these kind of false allegations about closed captioning. So it's a lie. I mean, the, also the service that provided the closed captioning, Nexar, denied that there was any significant problems whatsoever. So the comms director is a liar. But this is the thing. What struck me most about this particular lie is just that the left lies. And maybe I shouldn't be surprised by this because every leftist that I know tells lies. But when you see it again and again and again, it just does sometimes hit you. This is so shocking. This is exactly what communists do, right? They take something that is true and they, they gaslight you. They tell you that you're crazy if you think that what's true is true and try to convince you that what's false is true. And that's exactly what the Fetterman campaign was doing after the debate and to try to excuse his debate performance. At the same time, by the way, his comms director was praising his performance, saying that he he really gave it to Dr. Oz, but also blamed his performance on the closed captioning. So you can't really have it both ways, but his comms director or his campaign is pretty desperate. That's not even the thought that I had, the additional thought that I had. The additional thought that I had 
is shame on Fetterman's wife. I started thinking about this from a more personal perspective, right? Like it felt abusive for Fetterman to be up on that stage. It felt like somebody was exploiting him. It felt like somebody was taking advantage of him. It felt like somebody was using him specifically because he had a stroke and is mentally incapacitated. It felt like that was being used as a shield against honesty because even the debate moderators didn't really challenge him on the fracking answer, for example, when they pointed up that in 2016 and 2018, Fetterman wanted a prohibition on fracking in Pennsylvania. He wanted to ban fracking, but now he says he supports fracking, which seems awfully politically expedient. It seems like pandering to voters. It seems like a lie that he's telling in order to try to trick people to vote for him. And when he was called out for that, he didn't explain himself. He just said, I support fracking. I do support fracking. Yes, I support fracking. And that as if those three sentences, which are exactly the same, were instead a premise, a supporting statement, and a conclusion, but it wasn't. It was just repeating the same sentence. But the moderators didn't call him out or challenge him on that at all because it was obvious that he was mentally incapacitated. So it was their compassion for his disability that caused them not to treat him equally, not to treat him like they would had he been completely mentally sound. And all I could think of when I was reflecting on this after the debate was shame on his wife for allowing him to be exploited like this. It's her responsibility as his spouse to protect his dignity. Like, don't allow your husband to be exploited and humiliated the way that Fetterman was on that stage. And a lot of people were saying, I actually agree with this, that, that the same holds true with Dr. Jill Biden, that she is the one who is primarily responsible for inflicting what I would call elder abuse on Joe Biden, who is obviously also mentally compromised. He obviously suffers from some kind of dementia. And yet he's being trotted out and used as a puppet. The only reason that somebody is able to do that to him is because Dr. Jill Biden is letting that happen. She's complicit in it. She's enabling this. And it's, it's so bad. It's so disgusting. I actually told my husband afterward, I said, if I ever have a stroke, if God forbid I have some serious medical emergency that causes me to become incapacitated, and whether or not I have full self-awareness of my incapacitation, I said to my husband, please take care of me. Please don't allow me to be exploited and abused. Please protect me and protect my dignity. My producer, Matt, says that uh, if I have a stroke, he's just going to prop me up in the chair and turn on the camera. Um, but I told my husband, don't let him do that. Don't let him do that. You protect me because that is your role as a spouse. And I don't know, it just seems very shocking to me that Fetterman's wife and Dr. Jill Biden treat their husbands like this, that they are allowing their husbands to be exploited. So that was my additional two thoughts, I guess, on the Fetterman-Oz debate that I didn't uh, think of until after we filmed that show yesterday. Okay, so again, before we get to the UK Prime Minister, something really exciting. This I feel like we should give a drum roll for. Two days before Elon Musk is expected to close the Twitter deal, he has said that that is expected to happen on Friday. He officially entered Twitter headquarters and he announced this himself with a video of, well, him entering Twitter headquarters. Okay, so let that sink in. Did you see what he was carrying? He was literally carrying a thing. So he tweeted, entering Twitter headquarters, let that sink in. 
Um, and, you know, let that sink in. I got to tell you, first of all, dad joke alert, dad joke. Uh, yes, it's hilarious, but I did not get this the first like three times I watched it. I was like, what the heck is he carrying? What I thought it was some like technology. I wondered why he and not somebody who works with him was carrying whatever he was carrying in there. And then I realized he was trolling Twitter that he was making a dad joke pun. Let that sink in. Ha ha ha. Good one, Elon. He changed his Twitter bio to Chief Twit, which is also humorous. I cannot wait for Elon Musk to close this deal. Let's go. Free speech. Matter of days, the clock is ticking. We are um, just hours away now from being able to tweet perhaps whatever we want to tweet on Twitter. So if you haven't already submitted your idea for what my first tweet on free speech Twitter should be, come on, people, send it in. Go over to Locals. Go over to Twitter. Let me know what you think that I should say. I have a little prediction to make. I think that there's going to be some sabotage that happens at Twitter before everything is uh, hunky-dory. I think some of these very radical leftists who work for Twitter, these like He's like crying the world is over if Elon Musk takes over free speech is akin to physical violence. Those people, I think somebody's going to try to sabotage Twitter. So whether it actually goes down, whether the algorithm is messed up, whether a whole bunch of people are banned, I don't know exactly what it'll be. But I think that before um, everything settles and Twitter is sort of restored by Elon to what it used to be, which is a marketplace of ideas, I think there's going to be some kind of sabotage. But we'll have to wait and see. Okay. Britain's new prime minister, Rishi Sunak. Let's talk about him. But first, let's talk about American Hartford Gold. Thank goodness for American Hartford Gold. If you are like me, you're growing more and more concerned about our future because inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing. Market experts like Jamie Dimon, who's the CEO of JP Morgan, not only predicted the recession that we are in, but are using terms like economic hurricane and unprecedented. If you want to protect your future, then I suggest you do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. They can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. All it takes to get started is a short phone call and they will have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. And they make it easy, don't worry. They are the highest rated firm in the country with an A plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. If you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first order. So don't wait. Call them now. Call 866-781-7499. That's 866-781-7499. Or if you prefer text messaging, text the word Liz to 65532. Again, the phone number is 866 866- 781-7499 or text L-I-Z to 65532. Okay, finally, we really are going to talk about Britain's new Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, I promise. We're 15 minutes into the show. I promise we're going to talk about this at the beginning. And I got distracted by other very interesting and pertinent things that are happening in our in our country. But across the pond in Britain, Rishi Sunak has become the first Hindu, the first person of color, and the youngest person to ever serve as prime minister of England. And by the way, he is supposed to be conservative. He's part of the conservative party, to which I respond, ha, hardly. Here's the thing. The fact that he's the first Hindu, the first person of color, and the youngest person to serve as prime minister of England, that's exactly what the mainstream media and the left want you to know about this person. That's how 
even British citizens who make their living in the United States, like Piers Morgan, that's how they are celebrating Rishi Sunak. And I don't get this, except, of course, that I understand the left's strategy. I don't get this because it has zero bearing on what impact Rishi Sunak will have on Britain, Britain's economy, Britain's liberty, Britain's standing in the world. Um, But of course, I understand the left, what they do. They play identity politics. This is identity politics. I find it offensive that the way that someone is primarily identified would be by the color of their skin. But hey, you know, maybe I'm old fashioned. Maybe I'm just not a bigot like the left is. But I don't care what color Rishi Sunak's skin is. I actually don't fully care what religion he is. Although I certainly prefer a Judeo-Christian foundation for right and wrong. So I guess it plays into how he might, what his judgment might be or how he might act a little bit. But that's not really the point of why the left is celebrating the fact that he's the first Hindu. They're just celebrating it in um, because of DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, this, pro- this, this guy's really a freak. He's really a freak. I did a deep dive into researching him, and I have no idea why he's part of the conservative party, but he will be incredibly destructive to Britain. And we're going to talk about why, when Britain engages in destructive behavior, why that's destructive to us here in the United States. But Rishi Sunak is this very odd, as a person, he's this very odd combination of like Mark Zuckerberg robotic with John Fetterman are all of the wheels turning properly in your mind. And I remember that remember that clip that we listened to yesterday of John Fetterman at the debate where he had that like two minute pause after he was asked a question and we were all just like, is he going to talk? Is he going to walk away? Is he going to fall over? Are we all itching with awkwardness here at this extremely long extended silence? And finally he spoke and we were just like, oh, okay, are we just going to pretend that long silence didn't happen? Rishi Sunak had the exact same thing happen. I will work day in, day out to deliver for the British people. Like what? What? That's not normal behavior, right? Normal people don't do that. And it's not just that it makes me uncomfortable to watch that. It shows me what kind of politician he is. Either he's just a robot like Mark Zuckerberg and he's, his computer programming up in his mind just smoked down, or he can't talk extemporaneously. He's completely reliant on what someone's putting in the prompter for him, which means that he has no grasp of the issues. He has no principles. He can't think critically on his feet. He's just repeating talking points coming from, from who? Where are these talking points coming from? Whose words is he actually reading? This, this is really problematic. It's kind of like when Obama, during, during Obama's presidency, he brought a teleprompter with him everywhere. The guy could not speak extemporaneously. And that's really weird for a politician. I understand notes. I understand wanting to write speeches word for word. But you should be able to sit down in an interview and just talk about the issues that you care about. If you're educated about policy, you should be able to discuss that without it being pre-written for you. And if you don't have enough social awareness to roll with it. If you are reading for a teleprompter and the teleprompter glitches, I don't know. That's really, really weird to me. It, I could only think that if, if Mark Zuckerberg had a child with John Fetterman, Rishi Sunak is exactly what it would look like. There's, there's other indications that Rishi Sunak is kind of a puppet 
that he's controlled by globalists or by this elitist agenda. He actually admits it himself. He admits that he is uh, an elitist. And we're going to talk about how much money he has in just a second. But he pretends that he stands for the working class. But listen to how he describes his own life. Friends who are aristocrats, I have friends who are upper class, I have friends who are, you know, working class, but I'm not working class, but I mix and match and then I go to see kids from an inner city state school and tell them, you know, to apply to Oxford and talk to them about people like me. And then I shock them at the end of chatting to them for half an hour and tell them I was at Winchester and, you know, one of my best friends is from Eton or whatever, you know, and... and... Well, not working class. Not working class. Okay, that's like the snobbiest thing that you've ever admitted. Why would you just go around and tell people that I have friends who are aristocrats, I have friends who have a lot of money, I have friends who are the working class, not working class, actually. Oh, no, I just botched the different, uh, different types of British accents. I don't care. That's really, really weird. Rishi Sunak is extremely rich. He is twice as rich as King Charles, fun fact. But it's not because he earned the money. It's because he married into money. His wife is extremely rich. And... Don't get me wrong. I don't think wealth in and of itself needs to be demonized. There's nothing inherently evil about wealth. If he's been successful, good for him. I, I, I'm not the radical left. I'm not AOC. I don't think that we should abolish billionaires. I don't want to redistribute the wealth. But why this is important is because the average citizen in the United Kingdom would have to work for 24,000 years to make as much money as Rishi Sunak has now. And so what does this tell us? Rishi Sunak embraces a globalist agenda, particularly as it relates to climate change, particularly as it relates to capitalism, anti-capitalism, I should say, particularly as it relates to, yes, the World Economic Forum, that would hurt the working class people that he's not friends with, that would hurt regular British citizens who make, who, who would have to work 24,000 years. They'd have to have worked the entirety of modern human history and all the way back to uh, Stone Age 22,976 <laughs> in order to uh, collect that amount, uh, that amount of money. And yet, if he, uh, it, these policies that he advocates for, these climate change policies that he advocates for, these so-called green energy policies, he would be insulated from the repercussions and the consequences of these policies. But the people in Britain who aren't nearly as wealthy as him, they would be the ones not only who, who have to foot the bill, but they'd be really hurt by this. If their energy costs go up, if their gas prices go up, if their taxes go up, if the economy is destroyed because he's basically ruined capitalism, then he's not gonna feel a thing. He has enough money to live on a billion times over. But regular citizens are going to be hurt. So do I care that he's wealthy? No. Do I care that he's a hypocritical elitist? who is so insulated from the problems that his policies would cause that he's willing to do them anyway in order to virtue signal and amass power while hurting people, the citizens of Britain? Yeah, I majorly care about that. This is, of course, the elitist mindset or the elitist agenda that the World Economic Forum embodies. And Rishi Sunak is essentially a part of the World Economic Forum. He is at, at the very least, and this is being generous and kind to him, he's at the very least a stooge of the World Economic Forum. And I think it's more than that. I don't think that he's just a dumb pawn. I think that he buys on to the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset stuff, because he actually cut a promo for them. He made a video for the World Economic Forum talking about what we should do about climate change. And the phrases that he uses are extremely troubling. And I think you'll recognize them from 
uh, the Klaus Schwab description of the Great Reset. The challenge of climate change is clear, and it is urgent. We need to ensure a positive and fair transition to net zero and protect our environment. And we have an opportunity ahead with the UK's co-presidency with Italy of COP26 and our G7 presidency next year. We will provide leadership working closely with governments around the world. But government cannot do this alone. The City of London is one of the world's preeminent financial centres with a long history of financing private sector innovation. And we're going to need your full weight, all your expertise and capital to swing behind this critical global effort. This sector has already done a lot and I'm pleased we're celebrating the progress already made over the next three days. But as we reshape our economies for net zero, we know we need to go further. In the space of one minute, he said four things that smack of the Great Reset. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you about Bambi. I like Bambi, and I think you will too, because small business owners, have you ever had an issue with employee attendance? Have you ever had an employee altercation in the workplace? Have you ever been confused on how exactly to handle a situation with an employee? Or have you ever had employee performance issues? Have you ever stressed about navigating through HR compliance? Well, who among us hasn't? The bad news is that one complaint against your company can turn your whole world upside down. The good news is Bambi is here to help small business owners implement good HR practices because Bambi is an HR platform built for businesses just like yours. So you can automate the most important HR practices and get your own dedicated HR manager. Here's how it works. First, Bambi's HR autopilot automates your core policies. I'm talking about workplace training and employee feedback. Then your dedicated HR manager will help you navigate the more complex parts of HR and guide you to compliance. They are available by phone, email, or real-time chat. Now, as you know, an in-house HR manager can cost up to $80,000 a year, which is unaffordable to most small business owners. But with Bambi, your dedicated HR manager starts at just $99 a month. No hidden fees. You can cancel anytime. You run your business. Let Bambi run your HR. If you go to Bambi.com slash Liz right now, you can sign up for your free HR audit. That's spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash Liz. Bambi.com slash Liz. Okay, so Rishi Sunak said four things in the space of that one-minute video that he cut for the World Economic Forum. It was published by Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum. Four things that just tell us that he is on board with the Great Reset. The four things, the first sentence, the challenge of climate change is clear and it is urgent. Well, if you're telling us that it's urgent, it's because you think that it's the role of government or perhaps supra-governmental organizations like the World Economic Forum to do something about climate change. That's an unscientific viewpoint, which shows that you just want to grab power from the people in the form of these green energy policies, which would be destructive to us and our economies, but would enrich and empower you. That's thing number one. Thing number two is he uses this term. I hate this term. It's such a freaky Orwellian term. He says, we want a fair transition to net zero. A fair transition. What are you talking about? What do you want to transition? Oh, you want to transition the United States, the United Kingdom, and the world away from the free market economies that have caused prosperity in our world like nothing we've ever seen before in human history. A transition. They want to transition us off fossil fuels. Their goal is net zero carbon emissions. That's only possible. Well, that's really not possible if you have people on earth because every time you exhale, 
every time you breathe out, that is a carbon emission. That is why the World Economic Forum isn't just anti-capitalism. They aren't just anti-freedom. They're actually anti-human. They have actually vilified just living. They have made young people, there's a study that shows that young people in school, this is like high schoolers and college students actually feel guilty just for living because people like Rishi Sunak and the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab and Joe Biden and AOC and the United Nations and Greta Thunberg have, have, have vilified the, the literal breath that we breathe out every time we inhale and exhale. You're killing the earth. You're killing the earth. A fair transition, but he wants to abolish all fossil fuels. He wants to demonize carbon emissions, which means that we're going to be penalized as individuals for our carbon emissions. We're going to have a limited carbon footprint that we're allowed to, that we're allowed to make, and we're going to be penalized if we exceed that. It's going to be tracked as individual. Fair transition to net zero. That's thing two, and that's thing three. Re, and then he says, reshape our economies to net zero. This is the most great reset phrase of them all. Reshape our economies. What do you mean, Mr. Sunak? Reshape our economies to what? When he says reshape our economies, what he's talking about is he's talking about the Klaus Schwabian idea of a stakeholder economy. Stakeholder capitalism is what Klaus Schwab calls it versus shareholder capitalism, which is what we have now, where businesses think first about, yes, their employees, but think first about their consumers. Serving the interests of their consumers to profit the company which serves their employees. It's a very common sense, very easy economic concept. But Klaus Schwab wants to discontinue that. He wants to abolish that. And he wants to reshape people's economies into a stakeholder economy. So not a shareholder, a stakeholder. What's a stakeholder? Who's a stakeholder? Well, Klaus Schwab defines a stakeholder as everyone. He defines it as everyone because he claims that businesses negatively impact our climate and therefore every person on earth who will be impacted by climate change is a stakeholder in a particular business. So he wants businesses to operate under, yes, his ESG metrics, his environmental, social, and governance metrics, his social credit score, where businesses have to keep in mind whether they are being graded high enough on Klaus Schwab's scale versus thinking about what best serves their consumers, who are their shareholders, um, also serving, of course, by profit, serving their employees. So when Rishi Sunak says he wants to reshape our economies to net zero, make no mistake, he is talking about the Great Reset. He is a tool of the World Economic Forum. This guy is not just an awkward robot. He's not just a stooge. He's not just a conservative who's not really a conservative in Britain. This guy is a freak. He is a real freak. He also, by the way, supports a central bank digital currency, which substantiates what I'm saying. You can, you can listen to that one-minute video from Rishi Sunak that was, that was published by the World Economic Forum. And you can see that he supports the tenets of the Great Reset, even if he didn't say those, those words, Great Reset. But you can tell he supports that because he also supports a central bank digital currency, which would be government's tool to control us once we transition to a Great Reset Klaus Schwabian stakeholder economy. Today, I'm proud to say that under the UK's presidency, the group of the world's seven most advanced economies, the G7, is launching a set of public policy principles for retail central bank digital currencies, CBDCs. 
Central bank digital currencies could be a digital version of money, a bit like a digital banknote that could be used alongside physical notes and coins. Unlike most of the digital money people use daily today, it would be issued directly by a central bank, like the Bank of England in the UK. And governments and central banks across the world are working together, looking into what having a digital currency might mean in practice. This includes issues that people care about, such as ensuring users' money would be safe and secure, that it could work with other ways to pay, would be energy efficient and available to everyone. A potential CBDC could offer businesses and consumers new ways to pay in the future. It's all part of the wider story of digital innovation that has delivered benefits to millions around the world and in the UK. In the UK earlier this year, I announced a new joint task force between the Treasury and the Bank of England to look into a potential CBDC as a complement to cash and bank deposits. We're also hearing from firms, technology experts and others. Listen, I like cryptocurrency as much as the next person, as volatile as it might be. But the idea of cryptocurrency, the value of cryptocurrency, is that it is decentralized, that it is not controlled by a government, that a government is not issuing it, that actually holds government-issued currency accountable. Because when a government issues too much currency, when they print money, like the way the Biden administration is printing money, it devalues the currency, which causes inflation. That's actually why we're suffering the inflation that we're suffering. But what cryptocurrency does is when people, when citizens see that a government is devaluing currency, they can put their assets in something else, whether that's gold and silver, whether that's cryptocurrency. And when citizens do that, it incentivizes the government who is issuing the currency to not print so much money and spend so much money, which causes inflation because it's devalued it's devalued the currency. It is, it's a little bit of a check and balance situation. The danger of cryptocurrency comes into play when cryptocurrency is issued by a central bank. Meaning the danger of cryptocurrency is if cryptocurrency is in the form that Rishi Sunak is advocating for. What would this mean if the Bank of England or you know, the US Treasury were to issue cryptocurrency? This would mean that the US government or the government of the United Kingdom would have the same power over US citizens to penalize them, coerce them, or perhaps incentivize them to either behave in a certain way or not behave in a certain way, the way that Justin Trudeau behaved about the truckers, the, the freedom rally of the truckers, where he was locking people's bank accounts, where he was freezing their monetary transactions because to penalize them, because he didn't want them to be protesting a vaccine mandate. He didn't want them to be supporting the truckers. That was really, really deeply creepy authoritarian behavior from Justin Trudeau. But that's exactly what would happen if these same government officials were in charge of central bank digital currency, or if there was a central bank digital currency, if they were in charge of cryptocurrency. They would have the power to do every, anything to you. If you don't behave the way they behave, they can lock your account. They could automatically deduct money. If you maybe have a carbon footprint that exceeds what they think you should exceed, they could dock you for that. Or they could give you money if you behave in a certain way. Maybe you rat out someone else. They add money to your account. It is a Chinese Communist Party style tool of control. And this is what Rishi Sunak wants. So he not only embraces the tenets of the Great Reset in his World Economic Forum transition to net zero, reshape our economy video, He's also advocating for the tool to control people once the economy has been 
transitioned or transed, if you will, into a Klaus Schwabian economy. This is really, really creepy stuff. The National Pulse reports that Rishi Sunak's family has invested an incredible amount of money in not just the World Economic Forum related agenda items, but in surveillance state equipment. The father of his wife, so his father-in-law is the founder of a company called Infosys, which it, it's essentially equipment for a surveillance state. It's how a, it's how a government would surveil citizens. It's an Indian information uh, or an Indian IT company. This is what this is what the National Pulse um, writes. They say the father of Sunak's wife is the founder of Infosys, an Indian information technology company that provides services to a host of Fortune 500 companies and banks. One of the company's leading services is Finical, a digital banking platform. Murthy, who's his father-in-law, remains a foreign citizen with nom-dom, i.e. non-UK tax bank status, despite her husband's um, work as Britain's most senior finance chief. And expectation of becoming prime minister. This was written right before he became prime minister. Infosys is listed as an official partner of the World Economic Forum, which has been accused of seeking to develop the technological infrastructure to implement a global social credit score system. So are you creeped out by this guy yet? Are you convinced yet that he not only supports ESG and the DEI, which is ESG, but that the ultimate goal is control? And he, is, he and his family will remain absolutely untouched, absolutely insulated from any of the devastating impacts of what he is, what he is pursuing, this agenda that he, that he intends. Because he's so rich, it doesn't matter if energy costs skyrocket. It doesn't matter if gas prices go up. It doesn't matter if food prices go up. It doesn't matter if he's, he's charged for his carbon footprint. He has plenty of money. Plenty of money. The Chinese Communist Party basically endorsed this guy. If that's not a red flag, I don't really know what is. If you're endorsed by the Chinese Communist Party, what you should do is you should put down the microphone, walk away from the podium, you should go to church first and pray for forgiveness, then you should go in your room, close the door, drop to your knees and reflect on why Chinese communists who engage in ethnic cleansing, thought reform, murder, slavery, organ harvesting and forced abortions support you. What does this mean for Britain? The people of Britain should look to Germany for their example. Rewind just 20 years in Germany, and do you think that Hamburg, for example, imagined that they would face rationing of resources like water in just a couple decades based on a green energy agenda? I bet the people didn't even think about it. I bet it was unthinkable. And yet here we are. There's been, the, the cost of energy in Germany is up a thousand percent. Why? Because fossil fuels have been demonized. Because green energy saves the planet. Because politicians who are insulated from the consequences of their policies have forced these policies on the people of Germany who are suffering from them. This isn't something that's just going to happen in Germany. This will also happen in the UK if these policies are forced on the people. And Rishi Sunak has made it clear he intends to force these policies on the people. 
This will be devastating for Britain. Britain was once the leader of the free world, or at least uh, the, the leader, they were the British Empire, the most powerful empire in the world. And now look at them. Subjugated by Klaus Schwab and his tool Rishi Sunak. The way Britain goes, what this means for the rest of the world, the way Britain goes, so goes Europe. Our economy here in the United States, we won't be immune to these impacts. Our economy is intricately tied to Europe's economy. If their economy tanks, make no mistake, our economy will take the hit as well. It also means that we in the United States, that we have a choice to make. Are we going to watch what's happening in Europe, whether it was Germany first, now Britain, are we going to learn from those mistakes? Or are we going to allow our politicians, the radical leftist Democrats, who espouse these same policy agenda items to force them on us to our destruction while they, the hypocrites, aren't harmed at all? All right, now it's time for the bananas video of the day. This is a pretty good one. I'm glad that we all strongly exactly. agree. I am proud to be white. Three, two, one. Just be in the middle. Yeah. Can there be a middle? <laughs> all right. No. Yeah, pick a side. Pick a side. I don't know which side to pick. Don't pick it. Don't hate you guys. I, I don't. I almost went there too. It's like I it's think so like hard. guiltily like. I'm like happy that I'm not oppressed, but I'm not proud of like things people have done in the past. When I, when I think of being proud of something, I think of something I work. Wait a second, wait a second. Why wouldn't you be proud of what you look like? Why wouldn't you be proud of how God made you? God made each and every one of us in his image. So if you have black skin, you're made in God's image. If you have white skin, you're made in God's image and you're beautiful because you're made in God's image. If you feel guilt or shame over the color of your skin, then you have fallen prey to Marxists who have degraded your very humanity based on the color of your skin. This is evil stuff. They're actually equating the color of your skin, an immutable characteristic, you're born that way, with being inherently evil. That's racism. If you're behaving in a way, if you are ashamed of the color of your skin based just on the color of your skin and not based on your behavior, then you're actually being racist against yourself. This is evil stuff the left is propagating on our country right now. All right, enough of the bad news. Over on Locals, we're actually gonna talk about some really, really, really good news. There is one country in the world today who has just banned the gender mutilation surgery of children. You are not allowed to surgically trans children in this country. And this country has prohibited what they are calling the sexual propaganda of children in school. Join me, lizwheelershow.com slash locals and find out what country I'm talking about. Okay, thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is the Liz Wheeler Show.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.